0: Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. What an absolute pleasure to be with you here on this Tuesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Twas the night before impeachment and all through the house, not a creature was stirring... Just the fucking snakes. Just the snakes and the rats. All of the humans are already focused on Christmas. Snakes and the rats, though. They're stirring it up like a bitch. Thank you for joining us. Tonight's recommended drink, uh, Jamaican spiced rum. Tonight's recommended snack, southern style fried chicken. Thank you for joining us. Skull. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this, another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I hope you had a lovely day. I certainly have. I had a great day yesterday. Uh, Once again, I'm I'm pleased to report that I'm running on around two hours sleep in the last couple of days. So you know this is going to be a good one. You know that I'm going to be absolutely on top of my game. If I wasn't so casted shadow, you wouldn't you would be able to notice the black bags under my eyes, which have been developing for about a year or so now. Fuck it, I'll just be honest with you. Um, I'm not I, I don't I'm not going to alarm anybody. <laughs> um, so I'm currently getting like uh, medical tests and stuff done to see. I have to tell you because I told somebody. I told somebody already and I was like, well, I can't tell one person, not everybody. So I'll be honest with you, currently getting medical tests and stuff done to see what's uh, wrong with my sleep. Cause it's not working for me. Um, I didn't sleep much when I was younger. I was an insomniac for most of my life growing up. So like three, four hours a night would do probably like well into my thirties. But now I'm on, now I'm on the downside of the mid thirties. You know, I'm over the mid thirties hill. It's actually getting worse. So um, I've had a couple of tests and they reckon I might only be sleeping for like two or three minutes at any given time. Which would explain a lot um, because I've, when I do this podcast, I often feel like I've got like an intellectual fog. I'm, I'm searching for words that I know, but I can't find the right words to say. So I've been running on empty doing this show for last year. So I'm hopeful you know, in the next six months or so I can at least find something Find some kind of solution To this sleep problem Uh, Because right now we don't know what's going on But them's the breaks Uh, I'll just kill it with alcohol (laughs) Thank you for joining us ladies and gentlemen Hopefully the drugs are like next level That's the only really good thing About getting sick I'm not somebody who goes to the doctor Even when I have to You know what I mean I have to be really, really, really in a bad way to even go to a doctor in the first place. Um, but when I do go to the doctor, the upside is it's usually so bad that they just have to pump me full of really good drugs. I'm like yes, I feel twenty-one all over again. Mm. So having fun with that. oxymorphone has helped me my sleep patterns incredibly. I'll ask about that. I'll say don't worry. Uh, hook me on. Unt- hook me up to one of all of them. We'll, we'll treat this we'll treat this body like Noah's Ark when it comes to narcotics. Just give me two of every pill and we'll see what happens at the end of this little journey. should be great. Uh, yeah, the black bags. I used to have like a really like a kind of a baby face, you know what I mean. Um, but over the last year or so like I've really started to notice the black bags coming in under the eyes. This the, see the reason I'm telling you this about the black bags coming in under the eyes, I think I've aged like five years in the last 12 months. But the reason I'm telling you this is tonight's show, ladies, this is very late-night show music, isn't it? I didn't even know I had this on the playlist. Coming up tonight, The Price of Fame. Why young people are butchering themselves with plastic surgery to become famous on Instagram. Also, we'll talk about Boris Johnson on the eve of impeachment. You're listening to The Daily Boogie, filmed live here at the Boogie Bumper Studios. Take it away, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even know I had that on the list. There you go. Thank you, royalty-free content creators, for allowing me to play the background music. Yes, Brad Everly, I see in the chat. B.E. The Earth Reporter. Special announcement for those who are, you know, devoid of sleep like myself. If you are awake at about 3:30 in the AM East Coast time tomorrow morning, then you'll be able to tune into a very special edition of The Starting Block, which is a show I co-host with my dear friend uh Greeno. Thank you for the Diamond Space Force Droid. Uh, It's a show I co-host with Greeno. Uh, I never plug it because it's terrible. It's a really terrible show. It's really bad. Like, neither of us really put any effort into this show whatsoever. We just get together, sit down and talk for an hour and try to make each other laugh. It's not really political. We don't really do politics. Every now and then we'll do politics just to laugh at politicians, but uh, it's not really a political show. So if you are up at 3.30 in the a.m., very special announcement Very special edition of the starting block. We are going to have B.E., the Earth Reporter, live in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. Live in the Boogie Bumper studios. And not only B.E., the Earth Reporter, but also Troy Martin, the Unity Day coordinator for the starting block, is also going to be live in the studio. It's going to be a four-man crew. We're going to go overtime. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some beers. We're going to see what happens. So I'm really looking forward to that. Of course, that means I won't be getting any sleep during the day because I have to recalibrate the studio for a fourth person to be in it. But that's fine because I'm not sleeping anyway. Yes, it's only on Periscope, Katsy. So to watch the show, follow the account on Twitter at the starting block. One word, drop the K at the end. At the starting block with just the C at the end. And that's run by my mate Greeno. So if you want to watch that show, just follow that account. And you'll be able to see the replay on Twitter and click on the replay. It's only a Periscope show. Thank you so much for joining us, by the way. Uh, If you'd like to become a supporter of this show, then you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash boogiebumber. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me to get more sleep, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumber. If you'd like to leave a tip for the show like Space Force Droid has just done, uh, the recommended way would be to head over to dlive.tv. Follow me on dlive.tv. Grab yourself some lemons and you can tip them directly to the show Live on air. We're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. I'm looking forward to this. So much to get through. Always so much to get through. I want to kick it off though. I want to follow it up. Uh I don't I don't generally like doing the same topic two days in a row. I try to keep it original. Like I know because if I watch a show and they do the same topic every day, every day, every day, by like the third or the fourth day I start to go, uh, uh. That's just my personal thing, my personal preference, because I've got a very short attention span, obviously because of the fact that I'm taking far too many drugs to fall asleep and drinking too much alcohol. Mm. Jamaican spiced rum and cola. Always does the trick. But I do have to follow it up with this, because uh, Boris Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, who won the election over in the UK, well, they had their first sitting of the new parliament today. The first time that Boris gets to walk his big swinging electoral dick into the houses of power into the halls of power in the UK in London, into Parliament House and slap it down on the table for the losers to gawk at. Oh my word, How did he do it? My word, how did he do it? How did he win such a tremendous tremendous role? <laughs> Thank you for the diamond! General Eaton. Yes, I know that's you. Thank you for joining us. First time he was able to walk into the uh, Parliament House and swing his big Johnson around, show off, show off the skills. Uh, So I thought I'd play a little bit of his speech today. Can Can you imagine how masculating it would be to be sitting on the other side? Imagine what it felt like to be Jeremy Corbyn today. You have to show up You have to go there. You are still technically the leader of the opposition. Imagine walking into that place and just seeing a wall of Tory party members on the other side that weren't there before. An extra 80 people. You're nearly, you're outnumbered almost two to one now at this point. You are captain of a, you know, you are the commander of an island that is shrinking by the day. And all of the people sitting behind you in those seats behind the leader are all just sharpening their knives, getting ready to jam them into your back. What a feeling, huh? So let's play a little bit. I hope that's not annoying everyone because I really love it. So I'm not going to drop the sounds anytime soon. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Daily Boogie. Let's have a little listen to Boris Johnson today as he walked back into Parliament and see how he addressed his overwhelming historic victory in the UK election just a few days ago. Kimmy, thanks for joining us.
1: Prime Minister. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's a rock star in there. This
1: <laughs> is Speaker-elect. This is Speaker-elect. This is speaker Uh I, I'm sure the whole House will join me in sending our condolences to the families and friends of Jack Merritt and Saskia Jones.
0: <laughs> wow. He's got confidence if he's opening up his first address. Like, if his opening line is sending condolences to terror attack victims, you know he's feeling good. Like, you know he's confident, right? It's like, don't worry, I can open up with a really bad story and they'll still cheer me. They'll still cheer and and hoop and holler for me as I walk out.
1: Murdered in the terrorist attack near London Bridge during the election campaign. And we pay tribute once again to the emergency services and to the members of the public. For the bravery they showed, uh, Mr. Speaker, I am congratulating you on your office and congratulating the honourable Righter member for Wigan, who's just spoken. Uh, I, I want to say I don't know about you, Mr. Speaker, elect, but as you survey this house uh, from your eminence, you still speaker elect, uh, from, your, from your eminence, Mr. Speaker, with the characteristic beam that has brought you such deserved uh, popularity, uh, Mr. Speaker, I don't know what you think. But I mean absolutely no disrespect to those who are no longer with us, Mr. Speaker. But I think that this Parliament is a vast improvement on its predecessor. <laughs> <aspect. laughs>
0: I don't know if it's a cultural thing, right? I don't know if it's the fact that uh, you know down here in Australia, where like we, our relationship to the English is it's it's a bit different to our relationship to the united states right like culturally there's a lot of influence from the united states but obviously culturally historically there's been a lot of influence from the uk and i know a lot of people in an, in the states don't get that sort of dry uh you know that dry sarcasm that dry british wit um you know we we get it uh, i know a lot, a lot of americans do but a lot of americans don't and <laughs> well i just mean I I I'm sure I can say with no disrespect whatsoever no disrespect whatsoever that this parliament this government is a vast improvement on the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> just like bitch slapping people. <laughs> Love it.
1: Indeed, Mr Speaker, I would say it's Poppy, one of the best parliaments this just- country has ever produced this is the best
0: parliament this country has ever produced and then just looks at the other side who have been devastated who have have been eviscerated emulsified at the last election this is the best parliament I've ever seen (laughs) with more female members than ever before (laughs) (coughs) ah ah I love that I don't like identity politics. Anybody who's a long-time listener to this show knows that I cringe when conservatives uh, start playing the identity politics game. I hate it. Identity politics for me is cancer. It's cancer in an an otherwise free society. To put group identity ahead of individual identity, I think, is a, a, a horrendous historical mistake that we will live to regret for generations to come. Not to put, you know, uh, too much, not to apply too much hyperbole to the topic. But in saying that, I can categorize that, you know, opinion and put it to one side. And I do love from time to time when the leaders do rub the other side's face in it. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention, look at all the pussy we've got in here. Isn't it fantastic?
1: (laughs) I would say it's one of the best parliaments this country has ever produced. Uh, With more female members than ever before. With more black and minority ethnic members than ever before. (laughs) And it is also, Mr Speaker, and I I incarnated in your person, Mr Speaker, a vastly more democratic parliament. Because this parliament is not going to waste the time of the nation in deadlock and division and delay on friday of this week this parliament is going to put the withdrawal agreement friday in the in the in the pop dipping as we say in in wales and then this new democratic parliament this people's parliament is going to do something
0: mr speaker the, oh, look at look at look at the uh, branding that he's doing look at the framing that he's doing this is the people's parliament oh it's just got to be Like, can you imagine how soul crushing it would be to be a member on the other side? Just say you are like a hard lefty, identitarian, identity politics infused individual on the Labour side of the aisle. Your whole political career has been formulated around this idea, this fantasy that you stand up for the downtrodden, that you care about equality and you care about getting more minorities into government and you care about the people like your whole political identity is about being the people's representative and now you've got this guy on the other side rich white guy who just led the rich white guy party that you've claimed you're running against to a historic victory one that hasn't been seen for almost 100 years and rich white guy gets up there and talks about we have more women than ever before, we have more minority members than ever before, and this is the People's Parliament. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Soul crushing. Soul crushing to these people. Uh Pinochet in the chat, Mr. Mogg is smiling from ear to ear. He's one of my favorites, Jacob Reese Mogg. His turn of phrase is next level.
1: Okay, Be- what if you get you and guess what it is? this parliament is going to do you. can you guess what, what it is, it is? is Mr. Speaker not paying attention. Mr. Speaker I wonder if you can guess what this parliament is going to do once we put the withdrawal of the agreement back we're going to get Brexit fun. Speaker, I, think even, I think even your even your parrot uh, Mr. Speaker would have been able to cite that one
0: by now. <laughs> isn't he fucking he's on fire he's on fire this is the honeymoon period we are going to get Brexit done. Mr Speaker, even your parrot could have recited that line. <laughs>
1: and we are going to be able to get on with delivering on the priorities of the British people. Transforming the NHS.
0: Just, investing... Ma- just rubbing their
1: noses in it. Massively in education, in police, uniting and levelling up across the country and across the whole UK.
0: Leveling up.
1: And it's my belief that... Most honourable members in this House believe we should resist the calls of those who would break up the United Kingdom. Yeah. And, as the, and, as the, and as the Parliament of the United Kingdom, we should uh, politely and respectfully defend that partnership.
0: And Interesting question in the chat from Lady Fritza. Thank you for joining us, Lady Fritzer. Could he possibly be funnier than DJT? I don't know if he's funnier. It's different, right? It's because of that English gentleman delivery I think that makes if you have that English gentleman style of cadence I think it makes everything funnier you know like Donald Trump is objectively funny like he's a funny man uh, I don't know if Boris is funny as much as Donald Trump is funny but to us Boris Johnson is probably more funny than he otherwise would but you know if, if does that make any sense at all because when you say it in such a posh way, if you if you can make a posh guy funny, then it's twice as funny as not posh guy. Like i no, I don't have a masters in comedy or anything, but that's just my personal opinion. Posh comedians always make me laugh more because of their style and their mannerisms. Is so so reserved. Like I, there was an, one of my favourite uh, comedians, and I forget his name growing up. Uh, an English guy, and he, he very deadpan, very straight guy. And he was talking about you know the uh, what a sin it was that we were entertained by programs such as Jerry Springer, you know, you know I don't I don't understand the appeal of programs like Jerry Springer, where you have two people charging at each other like rotting rhinos over who was having sex with whose uncle or cousin or whatever the bloody hell it is. No, mine are more simple pleasures, such as noticing somebody's milk is leaping, leaking in their shopping <laughs> like that's what brings him joy when he's at the supermarket and he sees someone someone's milk leaking in their cart he just doesn't say anything he just he just enjoys that moment <laughs> like that to me is fucking hilarious but a lot of people go what are you laughing at why is that funny
1: that union i can tell that i can tell the house that after three and a half years of wrangling and division, we in this government will do whatever we can to reach out across the House, to find common ground, to heal to heal the divisions of our country, and to oh, find yes. a new and generous spirit in which we conduct all our political dealings with one another that will last beyond this immediate se- Order. season Order. of Christmas goodwill. And in that spirit, Mr Speaker, I congratulate you once again on your election, and I look forward to months and years ahead under your guidance. Yeah.
0: There he is, Boris Johnson's opening address in the new Parliament. I, I, I do. I, I would like to say, with no disrespect intended to those who are no longer with us, that this is indeed the best Parliament that I have ever seen. This is, of course, the most overwhelmingly successful parliament that's ever been in the UK. What a tremendous parliament we have here indeed. Uh, I want to bring to you a nice little article that I found. And we're not going to spend too much time on the UK, but just I've just got a couple of little interesting little tidbits I want to throw at you. We'll get back to identity politics in a moment. We'll get back to that in a moment. But first of all, uh, from Spiked Online, if you don't know what Spiked Online is, it's um, a publication that is edited by a guy named Brendan O'Neill. And if you don't know who Brendan O'Neill is, he's uh, he's one of these you know, social... He, he, uh, uh, maybe an apt description would be he's like the UK version of Tim Pool, but he's a little spicier, you know what I mean? Like he goes a little further than Tim Pool. Tim Pool's okay, I don't have a problem with Tim Pool. Um, But Tim plays it a little safer than Brendan O'Neill does. Brendan O'Neill is like the lefty who says stuff about free speech that legitimately makes other lefties like start frothing at the mouth and want to tear him limb from limb. He's the lefty who has like major uh, concerns and arguments about uh, immigration and whatnot. He's not just, he doesn't sort of ride the middle when it comes to individual freedom and stuff. He goes balls deep, right? So, He didn't write this piece, but this is his publication, Spiked Online. And it's worth just checking out every now and then because they do have some good opinion writers. Woke Class Hatred. So, of course, I was drawn to the headline. The loathing of ordinary people is now plain for all to see. Whilst I read a few paragraphs of this piece, I want to ask you as a, you know, an intellectual exercise to see if you can apply any of the concepts and any of the arguments happening here to your own situation in your own country. Because I know being down here in Australia, I absolutely can. We just had an election where the Conservatives won uh, against all the odds, against all the polling, against all the data we had, the Conservatives won, you know, a miracle election win and this was the election in the lead up that was dubbed the woke election like they the media and the the left side of the center left of politics literally literally called it the woke election that's what they wanted they wanted an election on woke policies so it was very it was out there and obvious for all to see and of course the result came in and this represented a fundamental rejection of woke policies to so much so that we had politicians in private saying on the left side of the aisle that this is the death of progressive politics in Australia. Like we've, we now know that we cannot pursue these, these progressive woke policies to the ends that we're trying to pursue them. Australians don't want them. Australians will reject them. And it doesn't matter how much, how many fear campaigns we run. It doesn't matter how much we talk about diversity and equality and tolerance and all of those wonderful things. uh, It doesn't matter. The more woke we get, the less people will vote for us. It's just built into our psyche. There's a tipping point. And after you get to that tipping point, everything goes downhill, right? So we now have the left side of politics in Australia recognising this dynamic. And I suspect in the UK, they're about to recognise it as well. And I wonder in the uh, United States if they will recognise it soon enough or if they already have. But that question is for you, not for me. This is a hard article to write for legal rather than emotional reasons. You see, the main hook for this, an allegation from former Labor MP Caroline Flint that Shadow Foreign Secretary Emily Emily Thornberry told an MP in a Labor leave seat that she was glad my constituents aren't as stupid as yours. So that's the accusation. Uh, Caroline Flint, if you watch Trust and Verify, she's one of the Labor MPs who lost her job. She was in a mining community for the last 20 years. And she said that basically the unpopularity of Jeremy Corbyn plus the Brexit issue made her lose her job to a conservative. The shadow foreign secretary, Emily Thornberry, is in a very safe Labour seat and her seat voted for remain. Caroline Flint's seat voted to leave in the Brexit vote, even though it's a Labour seat. So you have one Labour personality saying to another Labour personality, well, at least my Labour voters aren't aren't as dumb as your Labour voters. (laughs) showing that kind of elitism, showing that kind of uh, intellectual hubris that comes from being in a safe, far-left Labor seat, right? Like, we know the best way forward, and everybody who disagrees with us, even members of our own party, well, they're not wrong. They're stupid and wrong, right? It's now become the subject of a legal battle. Uh, I'll have readers make up their own minds. Luckily, as we're talking about laborites rights and remainers, uh, remainers brewing disdain for the masses, you don't have to look far for other examples of it. Not least from uh, Emily Thornberry. Why do I keep fucking up her name? Not least from Emily Thornberry herself. In 2014, after all, she had to resign from the front bench after tweeting a picture of a house in Rochester and Strood, draped in St George's flag with a white van outside. It was widely interpreted as sneering. More recently, she was videoed bursting out laughing as Dawn Butler MP declared, quote, I think if anyone doesn't hate Brexit, even if you voted for it, there's something wrong with you. Thank you for the ice creams. Following last week's remarkable election result, in which scores of working class leave backing Labor seats went Tory for the first time ever, anti-working class bile was spewing from various prominent Labor supporters in the media. Labor activist and journalist Paul Mason uh, wrote in the New Statesman, at no point did Labor desert the working class, but a section of it deserted us last night. And I'm not going to flinch from stating that in the places it did. So there is now a toxic narrative of nativism and xenophobia. Can can you hear how detached these these, uh, lefty writers are? oh, no, 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 the Labor Party didn't desert the working class. No, the working class have just become racist and xenophobics overnight. That's what happened. Anything to prove to themselves that they're still right, anything to prove to themselves in their elitist, like I said, intellectually hubrist minds where they can do no wrong, their narcissistic, sociopathic brain, anything they can say to themselves to placate any kind of responsibility in this whatsoever, they will say. And if that means turning to the people who have voted for them literally for 100 years in some Labour seats, if that means turning to those people and saying, well, I guess you just decided to become a racist instead of agreeing with my hard left push, that then they will say it. Because that's, that's how little they think of the opinions of working class people. We would expect nothing less from Paul as we would from pop star and Labour supporter Lily Allen, who, said, who has said Boris Johnson won the election due to, quote, this country's deep-rooted racism and misogyny. She has now quit Twitter because she says it gives a voice to the far right. Yes. Lily Allen, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't even know this. Lily Allen walked away from Twitter because she reckons there's too many fascists on it. <laughs> they aren't deplatforming enough racists from Twitter, so I'm quitting. And not a single fuck was given. In a similar vein, Scottish actor John Hannah, one of the fu- one the one from Four Weddings and a Funeral, has said, "We're a country of racists, and Brexit scepticism is the cover. See, to be sceptical of the EU is to be a racist, ladies and gentlemen. To these people, now." Leave voters have been accused of racism and stupidity time and again since 2016, but up to now, Remainers would at least pretend some of the time that they were talking about middle-class leavers in Tory shires. But the defection of working-class leavers to the Tories has brought to the surface the clear class hatred element of all of this. Months of left remainers spuriously suggesting that working class people didn't really back Brexit or did so somewhat recitin- <laughs> ret- reticently. God, I'm, I'm fucking. I'm, my mind is blown. Have now been blown out of the water, and laborites and remainers' loathing of ordinary people is now on full show. Most troubling in all of this is the way in which anti-working-class bigotry is now laundered through apparent anti-racism. How many times have you heard this? Despite the clear decline in racism in recent decades, the cultural and political elites have carved out a narrative that it is worse than ever before. So true, isn't it? Sometimes there's an old Bill Hicks gag, you know, when you're watching the corporate media. This is back in like 92 or something. Bill Hicks was talking about... Pardon me, watching the corporate news like CNN, MSNBC, Fox News and stuff. And they're like, war, famine, death, AIDS, depression, war, famine, death, AIDS, depression. And he's like, then you look out your window. <whistles> You're like, where is all of this shit happening? <laughs> Despite the clear declining... Uh, In recent decades, the cultural and political elites have carved out a narrative that it is worse than ever before, particularly among those people who drive white vans, support Brexit and dislike Jeremy Corbyn. In doing so, alleged left-wingers have made class hatred respectable and anti-racist politics look cut off and vaguely ridiculous, which is bad news for both class politics and anti-racist politics. That the left needs to learn the lessons from this historic defeat is obvious. What I'm wondering is if they are even capable of doing so. This is a question that we often come up against on this show on Trust and Verify. I mean, take the example of Cory Booker. I've mentioned it before. We did it on this show. Cory Booker coming out and saying that he's angry that support that uh, voters weren't supporting Kamala Harris because she represents diversity. Cory Booker was saying to his own constituents in the Democratic Party, ladies and gentlemen, that he's angry that the top four candidates are white people. I thought we'd move beyond this. I thought that this was all going to be about diversity from now on. Why are my own voters, why are my own supporters supporting the white guy and the white girl over me? Why aren't they supporting Kamala Harris? This is disgusting. I'm angered by this. Because they can't bring themselves to admit that it's a myth, that everything that they believe politically, everything that their political identity is built upon is a lie. They cannot say it. They cannot admit it. Because once they admit it, everything else goes. Everything else goes away. The oppression industry, the victimisation industry, the reams and reams and reams of copy of people talking about white privilege and diversity and intolerance and inequality, it all goes once they admit that you know the emperor has no clothes, so they can't. They have to keep up with the lie. They have to keep up with the story because that's literally the only thing that's saving them from oblivion, from irrelevance, and probably more so than uh, you know taking power. These probably fear these people probably fear irrelevance more than they want power. If that makes sense, I suspect. It's less that they don't know how to win over the people of Blythe Valley or Wrexham, and more that they don't kind of want to. That is at least part of the reason why Labor prioritised the votes of middle-class remainers over working-class leavers, and why so many of its prominent supporters have doubled down on the prole bashing in the wake of the result. not oh, great? So that's one to share around. Uh, it's a very short read, it's only a couple of minutes. Uh, this will be in the show notes, like everything else we refer to on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to the Daily Boogie. But now I present you with this, the other side of the aisle. Like, like, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what angle to come at this one. Like I said, I'm not a fan of identity politics. It doesn't do it for me. I think it's cancer. But this is very funny to me. And I, like I said, I don't know how to approach it. Tory politician makes history as the first openly gay Muslim MP to be elected in the world. <laughs> Yay, conservatism. Christian conservatism. Yay. Welcome, welcome to the 21st century of Christian conservatism, ladies and gentlemen. The first, the first question I had, in all honesty, like not trying to be rude, not, not trying to be bigoted, anything like that. The first question I had was, how can you be a gay Muslim? I grew up with Muslim friends. I've worked with Muslim guys. I grew up in the place in Australia that has uh, the highest Muslim population in Australia, right? Just down the road from me is the biggest mosque in the Southern Hemisphere. That's how close I am. (laughs) So I grew up with a lot of Muslim guys. And I can't imagine any of them turning around and saying, It's possible to be a gay Muslim. But I love the fact... Now, you have to understand, this is printed in Pink News. And Pink News is a very trans-advocate, gay-advocate publication, right? And it's the kind of publication that absolutely hates any kind of conservatism. Hates it. Would never allow any promotion of conservatism to, to filter through. But... If you are a publication that is 100% concerned with gay topics and gay news, how do you not write about the first gay Muslim to be elected to the parliament? Because it just so happens he was elected to the Conservative Party and not the left. (laughs) Oh, do 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 I write it? Do I not? Do I like this? Do I hate it? What to do? What to do? Can you imagine the internal struggle that was happening? Can you imagine they were being torn apart from the inside out? Well, I really hate the conservatives because they're bigots and they hate Muslims and they hate gays, but I really want to write about this gay Muslim who was elected to parliament, but I don't want to write about it because he was elected as a conservative. What the hell am I going to do here? (laughs) Oh, it's so fucking tumultuous. Mm. The world's first openly gay Muslim MP has been elected as part of Boris Johnson's new government. <laughs> it is the Amber leaders like this is the twilight zone. <laughs> Imran Ahmed Khan made history when he was elected as MP for Wakefield. It should be we should rename Wakefield Wokefield. Am I right? Huh? 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 Ha 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 Good one, books in Yorkshire on Friday, having beaten the incumbent MP by 3,358 votes. His election marks the first time that the constituency has voted for a conservative politician since 1931. So... (laughs) (laughs) Do you see what's happening here? Oh, if you can't see what's happening here, if you can't see the delicious dripping irony of this... Allow me to break it down for you. Not only have the conservatives, the people that hate Muslims and hate gays, right? The people that hate gays and hate Muslims, they have now successfully got the first the world apparently the world's first gay Muslim guy into parliament. He's there now thanks to the conservatives. Not only have they done that, but they've done it in a seat that was held by the left which says that they're for the gay Muslims. It was held by the left since 1931. (laughs) (laughs) This should be the last place a conservative gets elected. But it's a conservative who's a gay Muslim. What to do? What to do? There are so many internal conflicts happening here. You can barely keep track of them. And I just think it's fantastic. Even though I hate identity politics, I love this. Because this is this would be so confusing to so many people, and that's what I, f- I feed on confusion. <laughs> the gay Muslim MP is now among 24 Tories who identify as LGBT plus, the most out of any party. Labour has 18, the SMP has 10, and uh, and one of whom who was deselected before election day. LGBT plus people now make up eight percent of the six hundred and fifty MPs, a record for the UK, and it means that with a total of fifty two LGBT plus MPs, Westminster has become. <laughs> here's something for the, the for the conservatives in the UK to celebrate: Westminster has become, quote, the gayest parliament in the world. Yeah. <laughs> So what are these people going to do for the next 5 years? You know Boris Johnson and his government represents bigotry and hatred towards uh, homosexuals and Muslims. But what about the gay Muslim that they elected? Don't worry about that. You know there's not enough representation for gay people in politics. Yeah, but it's the gayest it's literally the gayest parliament in the world. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> it's dumb, but I love it. Khan is also the first Ahmadi ever to be elected to British Parliament as he belongs to a community of Ahmadiyya Muslims, a messianic order, a messianic movement originating in the Punjab. He's a strong advocate for Brexit and attributed his excess to Islington Remainers who had branded Leave voters stupid, uneducated, racist and wrong. I think the people of Wakefield are tired of politicians telling them what to think, he said in an interview with Channel 4 after the election. There are a lot of daughters, husbands, wives, children of coal miners that were very, very annoyed that they had been told by Islington Remainers and others that they were told they didn't agree with those people, that they were either uneducated, stupid, racist or wrong, and there was a massive rejection of this. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen. So you have to suspend disbelief for a moment to... Believe to go along with the fact that there is a openly gay Muslim in the Parliament, for one. But if you can get past that, then you can say, without a doubt, uh, a rejection, uh, it's beautiful isn't it? The rejection of woke politics has come full circle. The rejection of identity politics now means that the Conservatives are getting pats on the back from Pink News for having more gays than anybody else. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or cry. It's great though. The internal conflicts, ladies and gentlemen. The confusion that must be surrounding these people. Just staggering. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Uh, I want to bring to you, if I may, this story. This brings us to the main topic of tonight's program. The price of fame, ladies and gentlemen. Now... I haven't watched this yet. Hand on heart. All I've seen is this image and the title of the video. Surgery transformed my face into an into an Instagram filter. We were talking about this concept yesterday in passing. And I just wonder sometimes if because we've been so dedicated to removing all of these you know, historical cultural artifacts from our psyche over the last 50 years, what are we replacing them with? You know, you can't have nationalism. Nationalism is toxic. You can't have that. You can't have, you know, any overt displays of masculinity. You can't have that. That's toxic as well. That's got to go. Uh, you, I, I wonder, you know, who are we putting up on pedestals? You can't have Christianity. That's toxic. That's got to go as well. So when you take out these cornerstones of Western civilization, when you take out these foundation beams that have been holding us up for centuries, what do you put in its place? Because it doesn't just disappear. And my suspicion is that people will just insert their own ones. People will create their own foundation stones. So where once, you know, it was nationalism and Christianity, We've now replaced it with, you know, tolerance and diversity, right? And these are the sacred... These are now the sacred cows of culture that must not be questioned. These are now the foundation stones that everybody tells us, you Oh no, you can't attack these things. You can't talk about that. You can't have a philosophical discussion about that. No, no, no. Nationalism and Christianity, wrong, bad. Can't think about it. This stuff, good, and you must never question why. <laughs> Finish that in the chat. What is it with you and doll fucking and plastic surgery? Maybe sleep is a bigger problem than you think, Boogie. <laughs> Tremendous comment. <laughs> so let's have a look. The price of fame. What some people will go through in order to become Instagram famous.
2: Being good looking is important for like my social media because obviously I want to attract audience. Ah. i not to get that
0: if I look ugly. Okay. So he's saying how he looks is very important to attracting a social media audience. Uh, Press one in the chat if you think that this guy is attractive and you want to follow him on social media. Press two in the chat if nah. Yeah, nah. I'll pass, bro. Thanks anyway. I mean, if looks are important to you. I mean, obviously, I think he's a very handsome person. Well, I think it is a very handsome. I'm not going to assume anybody's gender. I think this person is a very handsome, uh, sexy person, of course. I wouldn't question that. I'm no expert, though. Seeing a lot of twos in the chat. That's odd. (laughs) Gypsy, is that a female or... (laughs) I think you have to decide for yourself. Isn't that part of the fun? Isn't that why experimentation is a good thing? Because you never really know until it matters. It's it's just a wall of twos. Okay.
2: Being good looking is important for my social media because obviously I want to attract audience. Not necessarily get that if I look
0: ugly. Oh, look at this. Oh, yes. <laughs> so if I could answer Pinochet's question, what is it with you with, um, you know, the sex dolls and the people getting plastic surgery and stuff? I've just got to be honest. I just love seeing people butcher themselves on the operating table. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love a society that says um, on one hand that we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't objectify people, you know what I mean? We should never objectify people. Looks aren't that important. It's what's inside that counts. And then on the other hand, we elevate people who do the exact opposite. We put people on pedestals who represent the exact opposite of what we're all told is wrong. You, you know what I'm saying? We grow up getting told, no, it's wrong to have these standards of beauty. It's wrong to think that uh, certain things are beautiful. Like if you're a male and you think uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, 5'10", high heels, red dress, red lipstick, and a little bit of blush, if you think that's pretty, then you are a misogynist. You're a sick person. You have a sick pathological urge to dominate things. You're an awful rapist. So what you really should think of, uh, of as attractive should be the morbidly obese woman who has pink hair and thick glasses because everybody's beautiful. So we put that up on one side. That's what we're told. Everything is beautiful all the time. You're not allowed to have any kind of opinion on it whatsoever. And then on the other hand, we have people who are elevated by the very same culture, by the very same people. They are put up on pedestals and then they're butchering themselves. They're getting shit ripped out of their face. They're getting stuff injected, toxic stuff injected into their lips and into their asses. And they're saying to make me look more beautiful. And we're kind of looking at looking at them, and then we're looking at the morbidly obese women, and we're looking at them, and the morbidly, and we're like, "How the hell do these two things line up? How can both things be right?" So, like I said, I just love seeing people butcher themselves on the operating table for for Instagram fame to become to become famous on the internet. This is the length they're going to.
2: Um, she was a bit funny when I first started getting fillers. It's the first time I've seen her since my eye surgery. Eye I'm surgery. A
0: little bit anxious. What, why would, it, why would it, like, a 21-year-old guy get fucking eye surgery in the first place? Unless you're blind. If you can't see, then I'm like, yes, get eye surgery. If eye surgery will fix your blindness and you can drive a car and go to the football and enjoy a movie, then fine. Get the eye surgery. I oh, no, I'm just getting the eye surgery because it will get me more followers on fucking Instagram. I just think looking good is very important for my social media profile. I think it's very important I like, because I'm an influencer. I like, I like to influence people to do things. You know, I talk about underwear a lot and cologne and shoes and, like, you see this lovely jacket here. This was bought for me by some company that wants me to influence people to buy another jacket. So I just think I need to get this eye surgery done. I need to get all of this toxic poison injected into my face because it will get me a few, more, a few hundred more followers. And I just want to say if anybody's going to chime in and try and accuse me of, like, picking on somebody, uh, this guy has far more influence and far more followers on the internet than I do. Like, this is a, this is a you know, I love my audience. It's a great audience, but it's a tight ship. You know what I mean? It's a very small crew we've got here. This is like we punch above our weight in terms of engagement and stuff, but we are nothing on the internet. We are a speck. We are a pimple on the arsehole of the internet. We are a nothing show. We have no impact outside of this show. So if somebody's going to try and come in and accuse me, oh, stop picking on the guy, I'm actually pumping up, uh, punching up, pumping up. (laughs) Whoa, Whoa, wow. What a tremendously inconvenient faux pas that was. What a Freudian slip for the ages that was. I'm punching up. This guy's this guy's bigger than me. You know what I mean? So how can I be picking on somebody who's 10 times bigger than I am? I'm the downtrodden. I am the irrelevant. This guy's the star. He's the superstar. Punching up is fine, as far as I know.
3: About what he'll look
0: like. What do you think? Hmm. That's that's the reaction you want. <laughs> is this mum? Is this poor old dear mum? Oh God, it's like I created you. Why are you trying to undo my work? Seen her since my eye surgery. I'm a little bit
3: anxious about what he'll.
0: A little bit anxious about all the shit he's been doing to himself.
3: Look like,
0: what do you think? Hmm. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) Hmm. That's like like the kind of reaction when a kid has just been going crazy with a magic marker, like in the house on the wallpaper. And the parent comes home from work and goes, what the hell is going on here? Look, mommy, I draw a picture. What do you think? Mm. (laughs) Hmm. She's not impressed. Hooked on the look.
2: I'm definitely going to get to Norwich and realise packed complete shit with that. I don't want to. When I look back on pictures of me before I had any surgery, I look completely different.
0: Good. <laughs> this is fucking, this is brain surgeon stuff. This is rocket scientist. You know, when I look back at pictures of myself before I had surgery, I look different. Money well spent, then I guess. Mission accomplished, sir. I feel like I've improved myself. Improved myself. With, the...
1: <laughs>
0: you know what I find fascinating here the comb- the the combination of neck tattoo with like the the overly feminised, like he's he's got makeup on, he's got lipstick on. He's got lip enhancers in, right? He's doing a little bit of eye shadow from time to time. So he's going the very feminized androgynous look plus the redneck neo-Nazi look. Like it's it's a the convergence of fashion stylings that is occurring here is next level, don't you think? Like he's he, he could go for a job interview and not get the job, but it won't be because of the neck tattoo. Like it's so many layers to this. It's very confusing. I'm Levi John Murphy. I'm a social media influencer, and I mean, follow Levi to get his public posts in your newsfeed. Newsfeed. He's he's approved on Facebook, by the way. Big blue check mark. Influencer guy. Videos online like Facebook.
2: Yikes! Follow my Instagram. I've- <laughs> <laughs>
0: What am I doing wrong here? (laughs) Can somebody tell me what I'm doing wrong? How do I get as famous as uh, Levi, young Levi here? Do I need to get a neck tattoo? Do I need to get toxic things pumped into my face? Is this what it takes? Do I have to wear the hat backwards? Uh, what, What is the secret sauce here? What is the magic? What is the key that unlocks popularity on the internet? I must know. I must have it. What is this holy grail of of followings? What is this holy grail of Twitter success? Do I need to look more gay? I can try. I can try to do that. Maybe I'll wear a pair, you know a pair of arseless chaps or something on the show one day, and just put the microphone up you know up to my arse, up after my arse crack. Hey, this is the new boogie bumper show. This is the gay boogie show. Thank you for joining us. And just do the regular show in a pair of arseless chaps. A neck tattoo. People are saying get a neck tattoo. That might be the go. I'll get a neck tattoo, but it has to be something overly gay because I've got to make up for all of my non-gay qualities. So maybe, you know, maybe a neck tattoo, but of like a unicorn or something. It's the lips. Amberlina thinks it's the lips. Facebook. Yikes. Y- Did he say niggers? <laughs> I hope so. I'm going to assume that he did. A follow
2: my Instagram. I've literally had a large following since I was like
0: 15. 50,000 followers on Instagram. 50,000 people watch this guy and support it. And are like, yes, yes, this is good. I love this. Thank you so much. You're so brave. Thank you for what you do.
2: Literally, what my feed is right now: FIFA, FIFA, iPhone six bends. Mum, what are you doing in my room?
0: <laughs> and still lives it. How many stereotypes do we need to hit? Fucking face first! It's like getting smacked by a Mack truck, isn't it? It's it's in, we're injecting shit into our lips. We're getting neck tattoos, we're wearing makeup, we want to be Instagram famous, and then we're criticizing mum for walking in our bedroom. It's like, oh God, can you stop already? You're making this far too easy. (laughs) London. first time I thought about... London, the place uh, that we now know is home to the world's gayest government. More gays elected in the current uh, British government than anywhere else on planet Earth. Yeah. Even more than Sweden. Imagine, imagine a lot of Swedes right now are shifting uneasily in their seats, knowing that Boris Johnson, the big racist, homophobic, misogynistic, disgusting, bigoted individual who hates all of them, is now presiding over a government where there are more gays than the average San Francisco fri- uh, pride parade. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, I was from my appearance. It was probably when I was, like, 16... When I was 18, obviously I was of age to get like fillers and stuff. That's when I started getting lip filler, and then yeah, it kind of went from there.
0: I have had <laughs> look how far his lipstick. <laughs> I've I've heard of I like obviously we know that uh, the women have been getting the lip fillers for quite some time, and you know like I'm a I'm a guy, I like the look of you know nice full lips, but there's a point. Uh, f- a friend of ours, uh, she gets the lip filler stuff done, and you know she's an she's an attractive girl already. She's a good looking girl, and the first time I I kind of have no filter with this stuff, and I often get slapped. Like, what are you saying? That don't say that, you know. I'm like, what? We're friends. I thought we're supposed to be honest. I'm one of these idiot people that doesn't pick up on social cues sometimes, and so the first time I saw my friend with this lip filler shit in her in her face, I said, "Oh, what'd you do that for?" <laughs> And she's like, what do you mean? It looks good. I'm like, it's a bit big, isn't it? She's like, huh? I'm like, what was wrong with your lips before? Your lips were fine. You don't need to put that shit in your face. <laughs> and my wife's hitting me. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I'm like, look at her. She looks ridiculous. What are you doing it for? <laughs> so I like I like full lips, but, you know, this, this, what's happening here, this stuff here, this is over the top, isn't it? I mean, it takes up half of his face. I don't see the attractiveness there. It looks like to me somebody has put your lips into a like a vice clamp and they're swollen. Like they, you look like you've been punched in the mouth, right? It doesn't look natural. It doesn't look attractive. I don't get it.
2: My lips done. I've had my cheeks done, jaw,
0: chin, and my eyes. The whole face, basically. See, when I saw Zoolander, remember Blue Steel? That look that he gives to stop the bullets? Oh, that was Magnum. Pardon me. Who knew that when Zoolander came out, there was going to be a whole generation of young men who watched that thinking that it was like a documentary, thinking that it was real? Who knew? that this was going to be the thing that happens.
2: What would you say your trademark is, if you have one? Well, I guess the look I'm best known for is blue steel.
1: What's that look like? (laughs)
0: Look at that, eh? He's a dead ringer. We found the guy who watched Zoolander and thought that's what I want to be. I want to be Derek Zoolander. I want to be that guy. That's the life that I want. Didn't see the he didn't see, you know, the, the satirical side of Zoolander. Didn't see that. Thought it was a real story. Thought it was like a, a rags. Thought it was a rags to riches to rags to riches tale. Thought it was an inspiring program. Teaching a whole generation how to be. Uh, you know, confident and learn to live with themselves. Isn't it amazing? And then I started with like surgery. Nice. Let's see this bastard. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> do you want to, boys? Hey, hey, guys. Do you want to get Instagram famous? You know, it's really not that hard. <laughs> Again, I stress, this is not corrective surgery here. There was nothing wrong with the way the guy looked before. This is surgery specifically to get followers on Instagram. What the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we doing this to ourselves? And more so than that, Again,'ll I'll raise the question what is wrong with our culture when th- this is put up on a pedestal? This is the this is the standard to to strive for. This is this is what it takes to be an influencer, ladies and gentlemen. Getting people to break your nose and suck shit out of your face and put plastic in your cheeks and realign your jawbone and stuff. What, are, what the hell are we doing? Have we become so vapid and so shallow? Remember, we're supposed to be now in the woke society. We're supposed to be people who don't put like these objective uh, standards of beauty on things. But at the same time, we're being told that in order to be Instagram famous for being beautiful, you need a facial—you need facial reconstructive surgery. We we are completely fucking insane as a society. I, I i'm i'm not surprised that other societies around the world look at this. Maybe this is why there's so many people who want to come to the West. It's not for welfare. It's not for housing, it's not for safety, it's not for the money, it's not for the jobs. Maybe they see shit like this going on and think to themselves, wow, we can pretty much do whatever we want over there. Like, these people are fucking crazy. They're lunatics. Look at them. They've got all this money and all this wealth and all of this peace and all of this prosperity. We can just go over there and start taking it. (laughs) They're They're getting their own faces butchered to get a few likes on Facebook. They're mad. Let's go over there. They're ripe for the picking. Barely speak. I can barely speak. What a dream. So I got my nose done. I got a lip lift. Looking <sighs> looking lookin good, bro. Looking good. I got a second lip lift. Two lift lips. The first lift lip wasn't enough. You gotta get the double. You gotta go back for a second round. You know, one once they say once you have plastic surgery once. You know, you never turn back. You just got to keep going and keep going and keep going, keep going, keep going. going. Because it's always like, I'll just fix this one thing. I'll just get this one thing about myself changed. I'll just change this one little thing and that'll be it. And then you're looking in the mirror and go, yeah, this one thing is now perfect, but that shows how unperfect all the rest of the things are. You know, I got my lips done and my lips are now fantastic. It's beautiful. But now it shows how ugly my eyes are. It's a sickness. Like this this level of um changing yourself for no again I have to stress for no reason whatsoever other than to get followers on Instagram. It's a sickness. It's not like the guy couldn't breathe, it's not like he couldn't eat. It's not like he couldn't see out of his eyes. No, he just decided to do it for fame, for for shallow beauty purposes to become an influencer on Instagram. A temple brow lift. A temple brow lift. He's gone the whole hog. i probably spend... Oh, that's a shot right there. I like that one. (laughs) Looking good. Isn't he attractive? Ladies, don't you find this man attractive? Fellas, don't you find this guy attractive? I could possibly turn for him. You know, um, I'm a little curious. I'm a little curious. I want to know more. Maybe I will become a follower of this individual on Instagram. First, I'll have to sign up for an Instagram account. But then once I do that, I think I'm going straight to this guy's timeline. He's going to tell me a lot more about what it means to be confident what it means to be self-assured, what it means to be uh, centred, and know, you know, what it means to know thyself. I
2: probably spend
0: 20,000. On- 20,000 pounds. Is, uh, in Australia, I don't know what that uh, translates to in the United States, but 20,000 pounds here, I think would be like 35,000 Australian dollars. Like, so, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd. So my first thought is, well, how much money does he make on Instagram? How many years is it going to take to pay off a £20,000 debt in order to become Instagram beautiful to pay off the bill that it took to become Instagram? You know what I mean? How hard does he have to work? No boogie. Two, 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 two.
2: And surgeries and like fillers and teeth done.
0: So he's getting his teeth done next. Well, he is British, so that's fair enough. That's that's the one surgery I can get behind here.
2: <laughs> I decided to get the surgery because, like, I just have a lot of insecurities at the time. I've always been paranoid
0: that I've got a big nose. See, I decided to get the surgeries because I've always been paranoid. I, I was insecure and paranoid. Now I'm I'm glad that the guy doesn't feel insecure and paranoid anymore. Right? G- good for you, man. Good for you. But I do take issue with the fact that again, as a society, as a culture, we put up on pedestals people who are try again, trying to become Instagram famous and saying to them, "Hey, if you feel insecure about how you look, you should lay down on an operating table, uh, table and let a surgeon cut your face open and change it. That's the way to feel better about yourself. This is the way it works. Right? Does anybody else see a problem here? Does anybody else see why this is running counter to all of the things that we thought we knew about uh, feeling good about yourself? Right? Does anybody see this as a productive way to go forward? Hey, if you don't like the way you look, if you've got some insecurities about your looks, then just go and get plastic surgery, about 20,000 pounds worth. Let somebody hack pieces of your face away. Then you'll feel better. But this is the thing, right? It never lasts, does it? Because one day you're going to get old. One day you're going to be like a 50-year-old guy and all of this plastic surgery is going to look 20 years old but the rest of you will look 50 years old. That's when the reality kicks in. That's that's when it starts to hit home. Shit, what have I done? I'd wager there isn't a I I'd wager there isn't anybody over the age of 60 who's had catastrophic work done, like not just one or two procedures, not just like a little eye tuck and not like a little tummy tuck or anything like that. But I'm talking about like repeated, uh, you know, repeated going back to the, the operating table to get this surgery and this surgery and this surgery. This guy doesn't look a day over 21 and he's already had like half a dozen procedures. I'd wager that there isn't a 60 year old plus on earth who doesn't regret doing it. They'd never admit that they regret doing it but I bet they do because when you see them up against like people who haven't had work done uh, who are the same age, like they look, they look completely out of this world. You know what I mean? Like you can't mistake it. Once the people start to age, they, the, the it, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And there's no coming back from it. They start to look alien. You know what I mean? So this this short-term satisfaction move that we have like which we're promoting now and again I don't know why we're promoting to young young people. We're promoting he remember he got his first surgery when he was 18 years old. We're now promoting to young people, yes, you should have permanent alteration surgery done on your face to make you feel better about yourself to last for the rest of your life. There's no coming back once you've had half a dozen surgeons take to your face with a scalpel there's no coming back from that that's it we promote that good cuz now i feel good and look at all of my instagram followers look at all of the offers i have rolling in on twitter of people who want me to talk about cologne and handbags it was obviously worth it right and we're not allowed to provide any counterbalance to this this force we're not allowed to we're not allowed to say Hey, this is wrong. This is bad. Because they're like, fuck you. Fuck you. What are you, jealous? <laughs> you know what I mean? But the, the the chickens will come home to roost at some point. And it's all for this short-term gain. Forget about any kind of long-term results. Forget about any kind of long-term considerations. Just do it now. I want to look good now. I would need to do it now. now. Now, 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 now. But you pay for it later.
2: So
0: I have the money, I might as well just change it. Listen to the music. Again, listen to the music song that's playing in the background. So we're going to get a selfie, selfie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking done. I'm ready at this point to check out and go and get myself a Unabomber style shack and just live in the woods and grow my own vegetables and raise chickens and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I can do that without bombing people. The Unabomber, he had an intel. I think his IQ was about one hundred and eighty or something like that, like super genius level. You don't even have to be that smart to live in the woods and get head lice and grow your own vegetables. But w- when I see shit like this, that it draws me to that kind of a life, like I'm just ready to check out of it all. And yes, I understand the irony of it because I am streaming on the internet right now. Of course, of course, I am big hypocrite. I'm gonna go out after this and get myself an eye tuck. Thank you for the ice creams and the contributions on DLive, ladies and gentlemen. That's going towards my first plastic surgery. Uh, What plastic surgery would you like me to get? I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I broke my nose when I was a kid. I don't know if you can see it there in the light. You can't see it. On the bridge of my nose, there is a big and obvious break because when I was like 11 years old, I was playing basketball on concrete and I got fouled Like, because I used to play basketball when I I was a kid. So I got fouled, lost my footing, and just slammed face first into the concrete. Bang. And it was one of those broken noses where you look down and straight away your whole shirt is just red with blood. Like, Like one second later, bang, it just, it's out. And so I was like 11 years old at the time. I'm just like, fuck. So I never got it corrected, you know. What I mean, so there is a big like. It looks like I've, I was a boxer. <laughs> I've got this big jab in my nose. So maybe if I have corrective surgery, that will be the thing to go. I'll just cut the nose off, get rid of it, and completely look like an octopus. You know, just have no nose. Be go go full androgynous from the from the get go. Get a boob job. Interesting, you say that, Patillo boy. Do you remember the story, it was like 15 years ago, of a guy who got fake tits? His friends offered to buy fake tits for him if he did it like a dare. So they chipped in like the 10 grand or whatever it cost to get fake tits. And then he started going around and he was doing uh, interviews on all the breakfast TV programs. Saying how great, he was saying how much he was picking up chicks with the fake boobs. Do you remember that story at all? He, he said he never got laid as much in his life until after he got fake tits because all the chicks wanted to fuck him. <laughs> Ladies, what the hell is wrong with you? But it worked for him. And I think he eventually got them removed like a couple of years later, but he did it just for a dare. They said, if we pay for it, will you do it? And he's like, fuck yeah. I'll show you. You don't remember that story? Oh, I'm going to have to try and find it now. Let me see if I can bring this guy up. I'm sure there's like an old news report or something. Okay, yep, the year 2000, so it was longer. I found an old Inside Edition news report from the year 2000. Ah, oh, here we go. This see, this is this is the magic of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Let's do a flashback. Meet the man. Who, oh, so it was after he lost a bet. Pardon me. So I thought he did it for a dare, but it was after he lost a bet. Meet the man who got breast implants after losing a bet. So, this is all the way, this is a rehash from all the way from the year 2000 on Inside Edition. Let's have a look.
4: Here's a California man who basically proves everyone has their price. He's a gambler, and betting plays a big part of his life.
2: A good 90%.
4: Brian Zembek says he would do just about anything to win a bet. So when a friend came to him with a truly outrageous offer, he had to take him up on it. It was a bet he couldn't refuse.
2: I was bet $100,000 I had to have breast implants as large as a girlfriend's of mine.
4: And you did it? Yeah. You heard it right. Brian went from zero to 38C. There he is. There he is. (laughs) For a big payday.
0: Carter Parbin says uh, your broken nose may be causing your sleep issues. Definitely get that fixed. Could be, but I'd rather, I'd much rather get it fixed in order to get more Instagram followers, like our, our dear friend here, who just looks stunning, doesn't he? Just looks fantastic.
4: Now look closely as he plays a game of indoor golf. You can see the shape of his bosom. So far, Brian's had his implants for three years. Three the years. He had have them. them for one year.
0: What a shame that he did this before Instagram was a thing. Can you imagine how stratospheric, how famous this guy could have been if he had have waited until the social media revolution to get the fake tits in? Oh, he missed a trick. Ah, ah. <laughs> So close.
4: So, yes, he's already pocketed.
0: I could have, I could have been the next Levi Jones. I could have been the first Levi Jones.
2: Because, like, I just have a lot of insecurities at the time. I've always been paranoid that I've got a big nose.
0: See, now, in current year, we used to think the earth was fl- the Earth was flat, but now we know better. We used to just get breast implants for fun. We used to get it for a, a gag, for a bet. We used to get breast implants to get $100,000 from our drunken friends at the poker table. Now... We let surgeons butcher our face repeatedly in order to get 10,000 followers on Instagram. Where's the payoff?
2: I
4: did the 100 G's. Oh,
2: Holy son of a man. I did the 15. <laughs> no, my breasts <laughs> got my way. No, my... You
4: say this is just too weird? Not for a gambler like Brian. You thought getting breast implants was normal? Well, it was, you know,
2: was money. Anything to do with money to me is normal. In my world, anything we gamble at is normal. So it's like a job. Nice, I
1: problem.
0: like him. Life is a laugh. It's full of fun. And he's definitely one of the fun people.
4: This is the man who put...
0: It's not a laugh anymore. It's not a laugh anymore, sir. I'll have you know. You can't get fake breast implants now. And what What are you doing this, for a joke? Are you mocking the trans community, sir? Sir. Sir. Are you mocking the liberation efforts that people have died for for the last 50 years? How dare you? you, sir. What the hell is wrong with you? Think of the bigotry, ladies and gentlemen. Think of the level of misogynist you must have to be in order to be a straight male who gets fake tits. Like That's that's misogyny. That's misogyny, if, if, ever, if ever I've heard it. Once upon a time, it was just a gag. It was just a bit of fun. It was just for a bet. Oh, no, 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 no. This is toxic masculinity. What, men think that they can be women too? Wait, wait. Is that offending the trans? Men can be women, but you can't be a straight man with women features. I think that's the line. If anybody's keeping score at home, good luck.
4: (laughs) Brian in a bra. New York City cosmetic surgeon, Dr. Felix Schiffman. The two guys are, what else? Gambling buddies. And how funny guess how they arrived at payment for surgery
1: i said this is my fee and we agreed on the fee but by the time we got finished playing back i mean uh, i guess uh, he got it almost for free
4: brian went under the knife and after the <laughs> surgery was over this is what dr Schiffman told him
0: you got beautiful breasts he <laughs> just said the face could nice tits bro
1: be improved now let's work on the face
4: From head to toe, Brian is just fine. At least his wife thinks so. That's right, his wife.
0: His wife.
4: Brian was married last year, but for a period of time before he tied the knot, Anita had no idea her husband-to-be wore a bra too.
0: All those times having sex in the dark, it was like, no, no, don't touch me there. You won't like it. It's, you know, it's just I have a thing about my nipples and then they're sensitive. I don't like it when people touch them. Oh, okay. Okay.
4: But let me hug him. And I was like. He
0: wouldn't you? let me hug him because <laughs> his tits would get in the
3: way.
4: <laughs> Why? And then he was like, oh, I'm ticklish or something. Oh, I told you. So how did she find out? By reading a book about wild gambling stories, which has a chapter on Brian's big bet.
3: I started crying because I guess... The
0: best gambling story I ever heard was a Welshman in in a bar, and it was during the Rugby World Cup, I think in like the late 90s. And the Welsh have this reputation of being like stark raving mad. And he was watching the Rugby World Cup in the bar with his Welsh buddies, and he said to them, if Wales wins this game, it was against England... If Wales wins this game, I'll cut my balls off. And everyone was like, Yeah, whatever, man, whatever. And he had this kind of reputation at the bar for being like a bit of a crazy dude who says shit. Well, Wales wins the game and he stumbles into the bar like 20 minutes later with his own testicles in his hand, in his hand, and like just blood covering his pants. And he's like, See, I bet you would I bet you thought I wouldn't do it. And he slammed his balls down on the bar. I bet you thought I wouldn't do it, did you, hey? You thought I wouldn't do it. (laughs) He was rushed to hospital. I don't think he got his balls reattached. Like, he was just drunk. a drunk Welshman cut his own balls off because they won a game of rugby.
4: That was a shock. Anita got over her shock and married him anyway. Does that bother you, that his breasts are bigger than yours? No. No. No, mine looks much nicer. There's no telling
0: <laughs> my, no, my tits are nicer than yours Alright, let's, let's get back to our young friend here Who's obviously doing this for all the right reasons I still have the money I might as well just change it I said you could get a selfie. selfie Said you gotta get a selfie Selfie Mm-mm. Yeah uh-uh. So they're gonna cut your face off Get a selfie Gonna cut your nose off You look good mm Get some plastic pumped in to your lips so you can get a selfie. Yeah, yeah. Like in the 1800s, kids would recite their favorite poets or their favorite, you know, political essayists and stuff at school. Freedom, the tree of liberty from time to time must be watered with the blood of patriots and tyrants. And now it's like, uh oh, gonna get my face hacked off so I can get a selfie. Yeah. Who's the real winner? Who's the real winner here? <laughs> real winner here? <laughs> Please don't 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 give me these underarms. <laughs> don't give me these lobs for the whole plate, sir. Executed. Thanks for joining us. I was, yeah, it's hilarious watching this idiot girl. He's exactly what I was saying before, right? Show me show me one person over the age of 60 who would genuinely say they are happy with the with the reconstructive surgery they had for vanity reasons in their 20s or their 30s. They they look like their face is melting. So if the ultimate goal is to feel better about yourself, you're going to feel fucking 10 times worse by the time you get to the end of your life. You know what I mean? It's not going to be pretty, man. It's going to be bad. It's going to be awful when you get there. It's, and it's permanent. You can't go back to natural. That's it. Once you get one piece of plastic shoved into your cheekbone, then you have to keep doing it.
2: Social media has had a massive impact on how people think.
0: So, social media has had a massive impact on how people think. That's why I got my nose cut off. About their appearance, etc. cetera.
3: Ayo, nose job check.
2: Thank a lot of you keep calling me plastic. I, I love it when you people
0: keep calling me plastic.
2: And you may be right. However, I just done a quick Google search. And plastic can live up to a thousand years, so. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If anybody can find me a Unabomber style shack in the woods somewhere, if anybody owns a Unabomber style shack in the woods and is looking to sell, uh, do get in touch with me on Twitter at BoogieBumper. Hopefully it's not too expensive. Hopefully you're looking to sell rather cheap. Well, people call me plastic, but I just Googled plastic. I just put plastic life expectancy into the Google machine and look, thousand years. So who's laughing? Who's the real winner now, huh? Hmm? Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm immortality (laughs) he's this is who knew like we've been making these villains like we've made thanos the villain in the marvel movies right but this should be thanos this should be the guy i will live forever so we get a selfie
2: Mm-mm. When I like upload a picture and I start getting likes If it doesn't get a certain amount of likes in a certain amount of time
0: <laughs> If it doesn't get a certain amount of likes in a certain amount of time I'll book myself in for another facelift Then <laughs> i delete it straight away in- what? Fuck man Not enough people liked this, uh, this selfie of mine so I deleted it This is like a 100% manufactured plastic person And I, is it it our fault? What have we done? What are we doing? What are we doing to ourselves?
2: (laughs) Instagram had filter that made your face like plastic surgery and it did lift up your eyes and like your lips. Also you get a nice selection of me with my boyfriend.
0: Oh, he's got a boyfriend. Sorry, ladies. Sorry, girls. The women in the audience right now, damn it,
1: god damn it!
2: I first met Levi, he had already had lip filler injections. His surgery procedures, however, were quite a new
0: thing. I was a little bit wary thinking that he was... Like, this 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 is what happened to the metrosexuals who didn't grow out of it in the early 2000s. This is the next stage of metrosexuality. It goes to androgynous sexuality. Looking like neither, looking like nothing distinctive. Being, being, you know, being recognized only by the amount of surgical bills that arrive in your mailbox. That's how people know you. Could ruin his face. There's obviously like medical risk as well, like that he could permanently damage himself. (laughs) (laughs) It's all worth it, guys. I mean, if you want to be famous on the internet, this is how far you have to go. This is the struggle. I mean, it's worth it, right? Isn't it worth it? Look at this. Look at this. Fantastic. For, for a minimal amount of effort, you can look as good as this young man. Hey, are you a young person who wants to take a selfie on Instagram and get 50,000 followers? Well, I've got news for you. All you have to do is this. And you can be famous on Instagram too, isn't that what we all want? Selfie. Selfie. My latest
2: surgery—I've had mixed reactions. There's.
0: Tell us about your latest surgery, then. Wait, you, won't you, sweetie. Tell us about your surgery, darling. Like very. He's stunning and brave. Horrible comments. That, oh, he's getting some horrible comments. That's awful. Uh, at the time, I'd be like, that's deep. Oh, it cuts so it doesn't cut as deep as the surgeon's scalpel going into your forehead, though. Yeah, you used to be beautiful. This is sad now. <laughs> you look like something that came out of a box at a toy store. What made you get a nose job? These are the questions people are asking him. What the fuck have you done to yourself? What a fucking mess.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's not it's not all peaches and cream. For the Instagram influencer. They have feelings too. Not not the not in the nerve endings in their face though. They're gone. They're butchered. They're out of here forever. But I'm talking about the inside feelings.
2: I see like the comments under his pictures. A lot of them are just like purposely negative and
0: purpose. <laughs> see, I want to be an Instagram I want to be Instagram famous. I want to be an internet celebrity. And in order to become an internet celebrity, I specifically go out and chase a half a dozen surgeries. I get my lips done. I get my eyes done. I get my cheeks done. I get a facelift, right? And I say I'm doing it because looking attractive on social media is an important part of a social media strategy. But you want to have the social media fame. But then when people come on and say, whoa, what the fuck are you doing, man? This isn't good. You, that's wrong. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting negative comments. How dare people? How rude? This is bully. I'm, now I'm being bullied, right? I'm a victim now, <clears throat> which is going to create that vicious cycle because now you're going to feel worse. You did it to feel better, but then you had to go out and get surgery. You had to be famous on Instagram. And now people are saying, whoa, man, you look like a fucking, you look like a plastic toy at a toy store. And he's like, oh my God, that makes me feel so bad. I better go and get more surgery. See how this works? See the cycle you've created for yourself, young man? And, like, some of them border and like, quite hateful. Hateful, hateful. Takes, like, a lot of, like, willpower for me not to, like, reply to them. So I
2: thought I'd read out some of my Instagram comments.
0: This is talent. This is pure, this is pure talent. This is distilled talent. I don't know about you but I feel like I'm in the presence of genuine celebrity here.
2: You look like Ruby Rose, but not in a flattering way. I really don't listen to bad comments. No. <laughs> never.
0: You know, I really don't listen to unflattering comments about my looks. I just have 20,000 pounds worth of surgery to pretend like I'll never hear them.
2: there, because I'm kind of used to it. Used to it. Yeah. My mum... Yeah, she was a bit funny when I first started getting fillers.
0: <laughs> Poor mum. Poor mum. <laughs> Nadine in the chat called it. She said, it's Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose with testicles. She
2: did not want me to get my eyes done. She's kind of like, "Ah, oh, do you really need that? You should probably stop. So I'm going to Norwich to see my mum and
0: to get my fillers topped up. I'm sh- <laughs> See my mum and get my fillers topped up. Like mum was an afterthought, you know what I mean? Hi, hi mum. Hi mum, I'm, I'm going to be in town on Saturday. I was just wondering if you'd like me to drop in and say hello. Oh, that'd be lovely. What time would you like to come over for tea? Come over for a bit of afternoon tea in about three o'clock? No, sorry mum. The main reason I'm coming to, to Norwich is to get some more plastic pumped into my face. So I just thought I'd come and see her afterwards if that's alright with you.
2: Sure. You know, she's going to be kind of
0: mad. Oh, I'm sure she's over the moon, mate. Don't worry about it.
2: So I'm now in Norwich. I'm about to get my fillers. Um, and then I'm meeting my mum afterwards and see her
0: reaction. I want, to, I want to see a big dirty needle get pumped right into this guy's face. low, boy in the chat. I don't look at negative comments. I just sing them. <laughs> so the filler treatment that I've just... Dr. Sexy says a puffy face only a mum could love, but it's not, the, it's not the face that a mother could love. This is the face that 50,000 people on Instagram love. The face the mother could love is now dead. That's that's the great tra- that's the Shakespearean tragedy of all of this. He doesn't have a face only a mother could love because the face only a mother could love is gone, and it's gone forever. He now has the face of that fifty thousand anonymous random nobodies on the internet love, and mother hates. Oh. It's like a, it's like a modern day Hamlet story, isn't it? That's hard
2: went really well. I've got the dramatic look that I wanted.
0: <laughs> D- dramatic look. So, that's all good. <laughs> not, being able, not being able to have a, a regular uh, natural facial expression for the last three years is it's a very dramatic look.
3: I'm a little bit anxious about what he'll look like. I wasn't happy because I didn't want him touching his eyes because to me they were perfect.
0: Oh, sorry, Mum. Monica's saying his mum probably paid to destroy it. Could be true. To be or not to be Instagram famous? That is the question. Gonna take a selfie. Mm -hmm. Come hither for thine selfie. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh.
0: Good, I'm good. I'm good.
3: So oh, you done
0: then? Yeah. Oh, like fucking, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love when people try to pull off this natural conversation gag when the camera's there. It's it never works. <laughs> it's even less natural than this guy's face. Hello, hey, do- okay, so it's nice to be here with you again, mum. It's nice to be talking with you naturally like we always do here at the table at the diner. Uh, so you've had all the work done then, Hmm. what do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just you could cut the awkwardness with like a knife. Something this young man knows all too much about.
2: Uh, I left, uh, temple left and left left. Got it all done. Got it all done, Lip lift. <laughs> I feel good. The recovery was kind of intense, but Mm. I think I look beautiful. What do you
0: think? That's the main thing, isn't it, mate?
3: Well, I didn't want you having them done, did I? But yeah, they're all right, I suppose. (sighs)
0: Mum, mum, mum. Now we can say mum has probably never put her, mum has probably never been mum. You know what I mean? Mum probably grew up being his friend. You know, she's my mother, but I like to think of more of her as my best friend. And when the mother moments came, like that first time when he said, you know, mum, I don't really, I feel a bit insecure about how I look. Instead of mum sitting down saying, don't worry about that shit. The people who care about, um, you know, feeling insecure about how you look is a natural thing. Everybody does it. But the the thing that separates us from the crazy people is we just get up and get on with life. And we don't hyper-focus in on our own looks. We don't, you know, hyper-internalize all of the negativity that we think people are talking about. Because in reality, nobody really cares how we look. You know, have you ever looked outside? There's a whole bunch of ugly, fat, ugly people walking around. So you don't have, people aren't looking at you saying, oh my God, this guy's so ugly. I wish he'd do something about his nose. People aren't looking at you at all. They don't care about you. You are irrelevant to them. So don't worry about it. Instead of doing that, she was like, well, I guess if you just get a little bit of surgery and makes you feel better about yourself, I don't see the harm in that. I don't see the harm. Honey, honey, our son is going to go in and get his first uh, eye tuck, you know. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan, but I guess it looks okay. I guess it looks all right. And, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want, I want to be supportive. You know what I mean? I just want to be supportive. My little boy, he's, my, he's more like my friend. He's more like my best friend. You know, it's not my job to tell him what he can do with his life or anything like that. It's not my job to provide him with any kind of parental guidance. I'm just here to pat him on the back whenever he does stupid shit, like getting uh, plastic pumping into his cheekbones and getting his jawbone broken and realigned. So he looks more like less like a human and more like a mannequin. I'm just here to say, oh, good job, son. You did good. Looks all right. I don't mind. It's fine. Fantastic. Do you feel better about yourself now? That's good. That's lovely.
3: I preferred him not being done. To be fair. Prefer. Well, yeah, you certainly didn't look different from when you was a child. That's for sure. change. <laughs> when you was a child, I didn't think for one minute. You've got one in all this surgery and fillers and stuff. The surgery Levi's had to change his eyes, I was not happy with at all. And I still think he's mad for having it done, basically.
0: <laughs> Bit of shade of the tat, in the chat. So David next door is just made corporal and he's being deployed to Syria. What have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got 50,000 likes on Instagram. I got fifty thousand likes on Instagram because I let a doctor from India hack hack away at my face, and and pump plastic into my cheekbones. So life's going really well. That would look cute.
3: And
0: you see, it never ends. Got to get more surgery. Got to get those cheeks sucked in. I
3: don't really
0: look. Looks a great comment from uh, General Eaton. Looks like Angelina Jolie playing a cancer patient. <laughs>
3: I didn't really want to have it done, so. Yeah, but As your mum, that just is upsetting for me.
0: Well, you should be here it now.
3: <laughs> He's got his own mind and he'll do what he wants, but I'd rather he there didn't. There it is.
0: There it is.
3: So what else is on your list then?
0: Okay, I think we'll leave him there. The price of fame, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely sold. I think this guy is going places. I think he's got a big future. And I think this kind of behavior should be encouraged because really how bad can it be? You're going to spend 20,000 pounds on getting pieces of your face hacked away to, in order to get 50,000 likes on Instagram. You do it, man. You go for it. Cuz we've got a great culture bubbling along right now. We are we are a tremendous society right here right now. We are doing wonderful things for each other. Doing wonderful things for the youth. One more story to take us out cosmetic hell woman who spent $100,000 to become a human blow up doll suffering from vaginal swelling from fat injections there's no downside to this a wannabe blow up doll she wants, She actually set out she, she gave them a blow up doll and said turn me into this a wannabe blob doll who spent one hundred thousand on plastic surgery has been suffering with complications after her labia procedures. Mary Magdalene, <laughs> you know that Christianity is so toxic. That Christianity is a toxic influence on us, boys and girls. We need to get rid of the Christianity. Mary Magdalene, known as Exo Marum from Toronto. What a surprise. Makes her living posing online with 144,000 followers on her Instagram profile. So, this is the lesson for our friend Levi here. If you want to make the jump from 50,000 followers to 100,000 followers, this is where you have to jump to. To be fair, he's not that far away. The face kind of looks the same, doesn't it? Let me see if I can bring back Levi here. A face of Levi, and we'll look at the difference. Okay. There's Levi. He's pretty He's pretty close, isn't he? To the blow-up doll look. Getting very close. The next time he gets uh, lip injections, I think that will push him over the line. Don't you think? Isn't it One. She's got neck tattoos as well. The neck tattoos seem to be a thing in this community. Once reserved for the prison inmates, now it's for the Instagram influencers. Since the surgery, she has been making paintings with her vagina. There she is. Oh, whoa, camel toe, Arama, 2019. (laughs) This is a classy show. To achieve her unique look, that's a quote from the story, the 24-year-old tried to acquire the fattest labia in the world, but this nearly killed her. Oh, the sacrifices we make. She said, I almost died during the procedure. I had to get two blood transfusions. The doctor said I was losing so much blood and turning very pale, he thought I was going to die. Dying for your vagina. Men have died for vaginas in the past. I've never heard of a woman dying to get a fatter vagina herself. That's that's a first for me. I felt nauseous for a whole week. I thought I was dying and had a a bad allergic reaction to my new blood I received from the transfusion. She added, it's a lot better than it was, but I have complications with the fat, so I need to keep getting vagina injections to even it out. She needs to keep going back to the doctor so she can get more needles in the vagina to make it, you know, not look strange. You for the Diamond Native California. I've got to have regular appointments to get my vagina injected so it doesn't look weird. She added, I, it's a lot better than it was, but I have oh, I've read that bit. I'm worried about one side because it keeps growing. I think it's probably from the swelling, she said. Despite the complications, her new vagina has inspired her artistic side. Well, that's the main thing. It's all it's very inspirational. She said, I have been making p- paintings with my vagina. What cunt painted this? So so this surgery has really inspired me to be more creative as well. Oh, it's, just all, it's just all upside. Sure, I have to go back to the surgeon every couple of weeks to get another injection into my vaginal wall in order to even it out so it doesn't look crazy. But I mean, hey, I'm doing painting now. I mean, I've got, I'm selling art on the internet. Life's great. As well as vagina surgery, Mary has also had a brow lift, fat transferred to her cheeks and lips, nose jobs, boob jobs, dental veneers, and countless lip fillers. Mary had her first cosmetic surgery at the ripe old age of 21. Oh, isn't she a doll? Look at that. Isn't she beautiful? Wow. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. She's fed. She's a stunner. Do you reckon I'd have a shot, <sighs> baby? She said it was a boob job. I was working as a stripper since I was seventeen. Who knew? What? What an odd progression. I've always loved the fake bimbo look. It's a look. There's wow. There she was, at what? At twenty-one. That's what she looked like at twenty-one. This is what she looks like now. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm definitely doing the right thing. She was gorgeous at twenty-one. What the hell was wrong with this person? Now, wow. Yeah, I'm doing this so I can feel better about myself. Whoa. So there's twenty-one. There's today. Mary says she receives a lot of messages from women saying she has helped them feel positive about their body. That makes sense to me, actually. If she gets messages from women saying, thank you, you make me feel positive about my body. I wonder how many of them are writing to her saying, thank you, you make me feel positive about my body. Because even though I feel terrible most of the time, I look at you and say, "Yeah, I'm not that bad. I'm actually pretty good. You're fucking hideous. You make me feel better about myself. You make me look attractive. Thank you for doing what you do. I now have confidence because I know I don't look like you. Oh, look at this. I I wouldn't say that to her. I think she's gorgeous, obviously. I think she's got it all in the right places. (laughs) She says people judged the hell out of her for her look. That, that this line always comes up with these people. You know, I just, I feel like everybody's judging me all the time. What did you think was going to happen when you do this? <laughs> the, the the thing is you want people to judge you. These people crave judgment from others. This whole like, oh, I, I was being judged. It's a lie. They want the judgment. They crave the judgment. They, they chase the judgment, but they only want positive judgment. They want people to look at them. They want people to like their posts on Instagram. They want people talking about them, complimenting them, sending them messages, me, 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 all the time. But when somebody comes out and says, oh, whoa, whoa, what the hell is this? They go, oh, stop being so judgmental. I only want positive judgment, thank you very much. I want to surround myself in positive judgment. And I'm going to say that any kind of negative judgment, why, you're just being a hater. You're a nasty person. Oh, God. Mary doesn't intend to stop having surgeries, saying it's very addictive. Another shocker. Another shocker, ladies and gentlemen. Take us out. There you go. I'll put that link in the show notes for you so you can show your friends. Uh, Ladies in the chat, would you like to get continuing um, repetitive injections into your labia in order to achieve the world's fattest camel toe? Sounds very appealing, doesn't it? thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the daily boogie i hope you feel a little bit better about yourself after tonight's show that was the whole point of this <laughs> thank you to everyone on d live who has uh so generously donated left a tip if you'd like to do that next show you can do so DLive.tv slash boogie bumper uh, become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Become a supporter of the show by heading to patreon.com slash bumper. And of course, if you would like to compliment me on my labia, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Bumper. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. once again. Uh, just again, another quick reminder for anybody who's going to be up at 3.30 in the a.m. East Coast time. First of all, go to the doctor. Second of all, you can tune into at the starting block, big special episode. We're going to have B.E. the Earth Reporter and the Unity Day coordinator, Troy Martin, live in the studio tonight. So it should be a lot of fun. Don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person RealPersonPLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at YCensored underscore. Until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, yes, I'll open the chest right now. I'll open the chest before we go.